B.J. Fleck has never beaten Iowa and the Hawkeyes as head coach of Minnesota, but does that change tomorrow in Minneapolis? You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're tuned in to Locked On Big Ten. It's everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. Alongside Kane Robb, the host of Locked On Golden Gophers, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're here to talk about the Floyd of Rosedale. The most coveted pig in two states is up for grabs this weekend. And Kane, Minnesota hasn't had it in a while. P.J. Fleck has overcome pretty much every hurdle that he's had to in starting his Minnesota tenure. He's beaten every other Big Ten West team at least twice but still zero wins against Iowa and Kirk Ferentz. Before we get into this Saturday, what has been the problem with Fleck beating this Iowa team? You know, I, I can't point pinpoint one specific problem. Some of these some of these losses have just been baffling, including last year where we led in almost every statistical category and somehow ended up losing that game. I mean, it's just like it's one it's of those mental hurdles at this point. Right. <laughs> So uh, when you go into this game, then, I mean, you have at home, you, you have the weather that could be conducive to the ground game here, uh, but you also have a little bit of a question mark at quarterback. Ethan Kelly McManus has been under center. Tanner Morgan is still at least last I checked up in the air for this weekend. What's the situation with the quarterback spot at Minnesota as it stands? Yeah, I mean, as far as in the pressers and whatnot, PJ has just really been saying how Tanner has to be cleared by the medical team before anything can be considered at that point. Um, I saw a couple things earlier this morning that it seems like Ethan might be the guy getting the call. I had talked with uh, Tristan Spanford, one of the current players' brothers, on our show yesterday or this morning, and um, he had mentioned an idea of even if Tanner was healthy and cleared, maybe you give him the first drive in a nod to senior day, and then you get back to what is going to give you the best chance. And I do think Ethan Kalik Manis is the best chance for the Gophers, just with what he brings with taking more deep shots and being able to use his legs. Talk a little more on that. Cause that's a recent development. If someone hasn't been really following this Gopher team, people might be thinking, Oh, it's just Tanner Morgan's hurt, but it's more than that. There's a lot of talk about how Kalik Manis is actually the better play here at the quarterback for some of the reasons you just said, but could you go a little bit more in depth on how exactly that came to be because it, it even to me kind of I feel like came out of nowhere when I'm not watching this team every day and following what's going on for sure I mean Ethan Kelly McManus four-star guy coming out of the 2021 class so last year was his true freshman year and he red-shirted he is he got a lot of praise in the spring camp in the fall camp as far as the arm talent that's there he has a cannon for an arm he can put the ball way downfield and he can get on the move uh, those things that you saw from guys that have really made it popular in the NFL and college levels like Zach Wilson or things like that, where you can really get on the move, throw it from weird arm angles, and somehow, some way, the ball is just dropping in that bucket. He has those flashes and that ability. And so that's what intrigues a ton of fans. But even looking at 
the last couple games, so that that Nebraska game in specific, the first half, Tanner had the whole thing before the injury. Ethan had the second half after the injury. Now, if you look at what the Gophers did in that game, they used a lot more play action with Ethan. They took deep shots on about 75% or uh, 60, I think it was 66%. Deep shots on 66% of Ethan's throws. So anything beyond 10 yards, they were intermediate and deep with 66% of Ethan's looks. In Tanner's, it was 10 yards or inside for 75% of his looks. So it's just a completely different style. And I'm not 100% sure why as far as if the Gophers are actively making those different types of calls with the two, but it just seems like there's more there when Ethan is on the field. So you've said you think it should be Ethan on Saturday, but if Tanner Morgan's healthy, what do you think will happen? What will PJ Fleck do on senior day? Man, that is a great question because PJ and Tanner's relationship is a tight one. And I feel like just out of a sign of respect, I wouldn't be surprised if he went with Tanner. Um, that being said, I think in the end, PJ will do whatever he believes is the best way to get a win because he hasn't had a win with Iowa, because this rivalry means so much, because any shot at the Big Ten West, you have to come out with a win here. So I think in the end, whoever that is, he thinks gives the advantage, they'll be in the starting lineup. And if you're a Gophers fan, you just got to trust that. And hopefully you come out with a win. Um, if I had to put money down, I think he still goes with Ethan. I think he just brings a little bit more of that uh, dynamic aspect when it comes to what can happen. And when you're playing one of the best defenses in the country, you have to have that dynamicism. Fans have to remember, Tanner Morgan is the only quarterback P.J. Fleck has had at Minnesota. This guy has been here with him from the start. So it's going to be a hard move to make if P.J. Fleck makes it, but that uh, goose egg in the win column against Iowa is a pretty big motivator, probably. <laughs> Even if it's Ethan under center or Tanner Morgan, uh, plan A is still to run the football. Absolutely. Game. And Mo Ibrahim has been outstanding. The Ohio, or Ohio State, Ohio State's defense has been too. But the Iowa run defense has been outstanding as well. When those two strengths meet, what's going to be the difference? Um, I think the difference is finding different ways to open it up. We've seen a lot of teams add an extra hat to the box to try and stop Mo. And there's been different ways that the Gophers have tried to open it up for him, including when Ethan came in, kind of taking a couple deeper shots, showing that the, the ability is there so that you have to respect it a little bit and then opening things up. Otherwise, getting the quarterback on the run and showing that we can do a true read option has been the way. So it'll be interesting to see what they scheme up in order to try and get more holes for him. But I think the O-line play in this one is going to determine if the Gophers win or if they lose. How about the weather forecast here? It's going to be cold. I mean, that's not anything that big 10 teams aren't used to. I believe a little bit windy too, if I'm remembering correctly when I'm looking at that forecast, but it seems like that would be more conducive to getting that kind of ground and pound game. Does that give Minnesota an advantage? Is there any advantage there? You know, I don't know if there's an advantage. I think the the biggest advantage is having the home crowd on your side to hopefully energize you through the cold, through the hits and whatnot. But both these teams, I mean, Iowa's quarterback isn't lighting the world by on fire by any means. So they run the ball a lot too. Their true freshman, Caleb Johnson, I've been talking about him on the show a lot this week, but I think he has 
some real potential, especially down the line, but he showed flashes, had a 200-yard game this year, 100-yard game, finding the end zone. So I think there's going to be a lot of of running, and I think the biggest part is how do you contain the run in this one? Who gives up the fewest explosive runs? And I think special teams will be huge, and then Iowa has kind of the advantage on that front. They're able to flip the field often. So in the end, I've been talking about all week how the two things that will define this game will be the offensive line for Minnesota. If they give up too much pressure and they can't get a stop when it comes to needing to pass the ball, we're out of this thing. And then whoever wins the turnover battle, whoever comes out with the most turnovers, I think ends up winning this game. Gophers are at seven and three right now, Kane. These are the two most important games of the season. They always come at the end of the year. Uh, How important are these two games for shaping what the fan base is going to think about this season as a whole? And also, uh, P.J. Fleck, too. Again, he hasn't beaten Iowa. Would two more losses here make you lose any confidence in his abilities to be able to be the leader of this team that brings them to Big Ten title games? I mean, me personally, I would not go that far as to lose that that trust in what he's building here. But I do think for the maybe general consensus of fans, you might see people questioning a lot more if, you don't come out with a win in these two games. If you go 0-2 in these two games, I think people, it's always, what have you done for me lately? And so, you know, people might forget some of the growth, some of the trajectory that has happened here, because if you lose two, two huge rivalry games, then you think of the three-game streak, uh, losing streak we had in the middle of the season, and people forget what has happened in the past and more so looking at what just happened. But if you come out on the flip side of that, You win these big rivalry games, people might forget about that losing streak. They might forget that we might not win the West, even if we get these two games, but it still comes out as possibly a successful season and a chance to get double digit wins once again in two out of the last three full seasons. And I do think your confidence mirrors the confidence of the fan base as a whole, too. Maybe the country, after seeing those two losses, is thinking, hey, P.J. Fleck might just not be the guy. But I think everyone in Minnesota is still pretty confident in what that guy builds every year when he puts a team out there on the field. Kane, thank you as always for taking a few minutes to join us here on the show to preview the matchup against Iowa. You can hear his voice over on Locked On Golden Gophers every single weekday. He's, of course, got all the prep leading up to the matchup and will have everything after next week on Locked On Golden Gophers. Kane, thanks again for talking to us for a few minutes. We'll have you back on here soon. I know it. Sounds great. A big thanks again to Kane Rob for joining us to give us his thoughts on the matchup coming up between Minnesota and Iowa. Before we continue the show, our show today is brought to you in part by Nugenics Total Tea. This is a product for when you're getting old, and it's a fact every single one of us is getting older, so this is a product for you. Nugenics Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like testafin. It has testosterone boosters in it. That's why there's the testofin name. It It's been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. Because Nugenics Total Tea boosts free testosterone that the aging process robs, you'll feel stronger, leaner, with more energy and drive, and more passion, too. Your partner will notice the difference as well. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text COLLEGE to 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. At, when you text college to 231231, that's college to 231231. 
All right, let's dive into some of the rest of the games here that we haven't gotten to so far this week. As we get ready for the second to last week of the regular season, plenty on the line across the Big Ten. First off, we've got one of the contenders in the West still just barely hanging on by a thread, the Wisconsin Badgers. They face off against Nebraska in a battle of the interim coaches. Looks like Jim Leonard, at least according to everyone at Wisconsin, has that job pretty much locked up. Mickey Joseph, I think, has done a pretty good job, but Nebraska is going to be going after some pretty big heads this offseason, so he may not have that job done. But this is going to be a good matchup. I really think this is going to be a competitive game. It's a 10-point spread in favor of Wisconsin right now on the road, but Casey Thompson's been cleared to play in this game, and I think that really changes things. Because I was getting ready to say, hey, this is just going to be a classic ground-and-pound Big Ten football game. Wisconsin's Graham Mertz doesn't want to throw the ball a ton. Whoever it is that Nebraska's throwing out there isn't going to want to throw the ball a ton. Let's just get to this classic running back matchup and see what happens. But now that Thompson's back, there's a little bit more of a dynamic. I would have said before, Wisconsin runs away with this. There's no way Nebraska can beat them just beating Wisconsin at their own game. But Thompson provides that different element. He's a little bit of that dual threat quarterback, of course, but is also the best passer on this team, too. So if Nebraska does fall a little bit behind, you're obviously much more confident in Thompson's ability to make a comeback and bring them back than you would be anybody else. Also, a guy like uh, Trey Palmer, who hasn't been outstanding over the last few games, maybe he's able to refine that connection with Thompson back under center. Who knows? But as things stand right now, what you just need to know is that, as it stands, Nebraska needs the offensive spark. In the last three weeks, they've scored 9, 13, and 3 points. The question becomes then, how much better does that get with Thompson back in there? I think this game can be close. I'm still picking Wisconsin to win it, and I think they could also cover that spread. I think Wisconsin's a better team by a little bit, by quite a little bit here. When you look at the two squads matched up together... But Thompson's a much better option because Wisconsin has the good run defense that could slow down Nebraska's run game. They've got a decent secondary too, pesky secondary, but you'd want someone more experienced to face off against them because if you have that in a guy like Thompson, it's a good secondary for Wisconsin, but it's not like necessarily elite elite. So hopefully he's able to see things a little bit better than whoever would have been out there for the Cornhuskers. This is the game where I see the most upset potential outside of games we've already talked about. Uh, I mean, well, to be honest, yeah, this is the game where I see the most upset potential out of any of them when we're talking about just favorites and underdogs. A 10-point fa favorite for Wisconsin doesn't seem quite right to me on the road, especially with Nebraska and Wisconsin both just kind of being up in the air at times this season. I think this one could end up close. And I'm going to be talking about it more than all the other games we're going to get to here the rest of the show, just because I think it does have that upset potential. When you bring the fact that Casey Thompson's coming back, on top of the fact that Wisconsin's been planning kind of for both guys this whole week. They haven't been able to go and get ready and say, hey, this is the guy we're going up against. So they've been kind of going half ready for the run, half seeing what happens if they have like that backup in there and just attacking that running game. I think there's potential for Nebraska to make things close here. Wisconsin's a better team. Wisconsin, if they're playing their good game, probably should win this game by double digits. But Nebraska, I think, has that kind of spark in them with Thompson coming back. And it's senior day, I believe, at least, too, for Nebraska. There could be some magic. We'll see what ends up happening. 
Other game that I wanted to look at quickly, Michigan State also going for bowl eligibility. Wisconsin's at five wins. Michigan State can get to six wins too by beating Indiana. I don't think that the Spartans are going to slip up here against the Hoosiers. But the variable that you have to watch for here is the defense on both sides. Because Indiana's lost seven in a row. Michigan's won three of their last four, but it hasn't played with a lot of their defensive starters because of some of the suspensions that we've seen after the Michigan game. And also, even when those starters were in for Michigan State, it's not like they were doing a great job stopping everybody all the time anyway. Spartans had given up plenty of points in plenty of games already this season. The point of this matchup is just going to be that either team's defense could absolutely fall apart at any point with either of these teams. You, you aren't surprised if either Michigan State or Indiana comes out there and just can't stop anybody. You'd be a little bit more surprised with what Michigan State's done, at least as of late, and just with how a better team you think they are. But if you're looking at just like straight up on paper, how does this game become interesting? It becomes a shootout. It becomes a game where everyone's scoring back and forth. And with an over-under right now at 47.5 on Bet Online, I'm taking over on that all day long. I think there's a good enough chance that one of these defense just, just can't stack up when they come out on Saturday that they can hit that over 47.5. IU can't stop much. Michigan's short, Michigan State shorthanded and also can't stop all that much all the time. I'm going with the Spartans in that matchup, no doubt. Before we get to the rest of the matchups here, real quick, I'll run down all the other big games that are looking like blowouts in the Big Ten that we haven't already gone over. A reminder that you can go play Underdog Fantasy right now. It is the easiest way to spice up your college football season. If you've ever wanted to get in on the action on college football, but haven't been sure quite how to do it, Daily Fantasy is one of the newest and hottest things in all of fantasy sports, and you can now play it with your favorite college players at Underdog Fantasy. All you do is you head on over to Underdog Fantasy and pick two to five of your favorite players from around the Big Ten, I'd assume, or anywhere around college football. And then you pick their numbers that they have predicted for them on bet on or on what they have at Underdog Fantasy, and you tell me if they're going to get more than or less than that number. So let's say C.J. Stroud's at 270-something passing yards. I think he can get more than that. So I say more than 275 is there. You do that for, again, two to five of your favorite players around the Big Ten and the favorite numbers and predictions that you see and think that you can beat. And then once you're done, if you get them all right, you can win up to 10, 20 times the money that you put in. It's over at Underdog Fantasy. It's really that simple. And again, it's the easiest way to get in on some of the daily fantasy action and at a college level at Underdog. You can sign up with the promo code Locked On as well, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to UnderdogFantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. The Underdog Fantasy app. Promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Looking around the rest of the games around the Big Ten here this weekend, before we end things on locked on Big Ten. Illinois against Michigan. We talked a lot about it earlier on the show. If Chase Brown can carry Illinois and get them into sustained drives, if he can move the ball for the Illini, and then Illinois is able to finish off those drives, which is another story entirely, whether it be by Chase Brown or Tommy DeVito or whatever. If Chase Brown can put him in a position to score, and then Illinois can actually score, that's the only shot that 
Illinois has. Uh, Michigan's going to score points. Illinois is going to have to keep up with them and have some luck probably with turnovers and defense too. But if they want to have any chance, Illinois is going to have to put up around like 30 at the very least. And Chase Brown is the way that Illinois does that. Purdue against Northwestern. We've talked some about already. Uh, Purdue looks like it's found its groove again. I love the Boilers in this matchup. Uh, Northwestern seemingly running out of things to play for in this season. But of course, they'll always come out and try their best. It's just not looking like they have too much to stack up against Purdue. Ohio State against Maryland, same kind of deal. I have no confidence in that Maryland offense after getting shut out by Penn State last week. If they had even put up a respectable performance, then I would come into this being like, hey, maybe Dali Tungvaloa can get Maryland to some sort of miracle point number that keeps up with Ohio State. But if they can't score against that defense in Penn State, there's not really much of a shot that they're going to be able to put up huge, huge numbers that they're going to need to against the elite defense that is Ohio State. So, yeah, Ohio State big in that one. And Penn State Rutgers, we talked about with Zach Seiko on the show earlier too. Rutgers just isn't doing anything well enough to have me believing that they can win any sort of game against a team that's as good as Penn State is. And Penn State's proven that they are legit, legit good, good, even if they're not like the great that Michigan and Ohio State are. So that's my look around the other Big Ten games around the conference. Some recruiting news before we go here today. Commitments, three-star interior lineman Nathan Afobi has committed to Michigan out of Georgia in the 2023 class. He measures in at 6'3", 282. And three-star offensive tackle Brandon Henderson has committed to, e- to Illinois out of East St. Louis, which is in the state of Illinois, East St. Louis. He's at 6'4", 320 pounds, the offensive tackle. Also in basketball, unranked forward, Laji Demeble. Apologies if I'm messing up your name. He commits to Iowa out of St. Benedict in New Jersey. Let's look around to the recruiting news in the Big Ten and look at all the games from around the Big Ten this weekend. We've got some good ones, but really, we're really looking forward to next weekend. It's going to be a fun finish to the season. What's going to happen in the Big Ten West tomorrow? We'll figure it all out here as we have it for you on Locked On Big Ten. I'll be back then. Until then, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten.